Welcome to Disrespectfully Agree with Oatman and LJ. I am LJ across from me, Mr. Oatman. I am Michael Lamar Oatman, man about town. This week, we're going to talk about Widows, directed and co-written by Steve McQueen. He's risen from the grave. I, about to say, I thought he died. That's what I thought. <laughs> and then they showed this video ahead of time. Did you see the video? Uh, what's the video? I don't know. This is a new thing that's been happening. Is they'll, they'll show a video with either the actors or the director or both before movies. They did this with Incredibles 2 as well. They, oh, like, I saw that. Incredibles 2, like, hey, we know it's been a long time. It was awful. We're sorry. You know, it's good. Wait, it's going to be worth it. And like that, it was a weird thing because it raised this, it made it seem like the movie's going to be way more awesome that it turned out like it was fine i enjoyed it but it's like you're building up the hype right before the, like what is this and then it was this as well it was steve mcqueen up there is this british guy british black dude and he's and he's talking about oh i've been wanting to do this since forever i finally got a chance to do it. i hope you like it and, th- and there were like some outtakes like he's screwing up beforehand and making it all you know personable and stuff and then at the end of the thing is just like thanks for coming to the movies it's like this big dramatic letter and i was like what first of all this is nothing Yes. It shouldn't be there. And so now I have to think about, now I'm spending the first five minutes of this movie thinking about why did they do this? What is their motivation? I think I know the answer. I think I do too. But I'm I'm guessing, like, what is the intended effect? They want us to identify with the director. They want us to feel guilty, perhaps somehow. They want us to be connected to the people in these movies and to come to the theater, pay money, and this is how they do it. Make us feel like we're we're part of the family. We like these people. We want to support them. We feel guilty, and here you go. Now, bear in mind, we're already in the theater. We've already paid our money, so we're apt to go in the first... I don't... All right. Maybe I've, I've talked myself out of it. I don't know what it's about. I don't know why it's there. Why is it there? I don't think that's... For, I don't think it's for guys like me or you. Like, I knew who Steve McQueen was. I knew who he was before I went to see the film. I think it's for lay audiences. I think... They don't know films are directed by humans? Uh, they, they may not. Uh, you know, like, for instance, if you have, um, say, a lay audience of African Americans, they may not know that Steve McQueen is like a really popular black director. He's not like a Spike Lee type of guy. He's not a type of guy that you might not know. And, and it just seems like all media platforms are, are looking to generate as much short, easily digestible content as possible, if not for now, but for later, to go on your phone or to do whatever. So it's just one of those kind of things. I think it was just sort of a little thing for lay audiences who've never heard of the filmmaker and want to kind of create a stronger connection to the film. That's nothing for me, but I... It didn't really introduce... I mean, it introduces him in a way, but it it doesn't let us know who he is or anything about him. I think it's a little bit of... Uh, you know, I remember they did a thing, um, which I thought was interesting when they did Equalizer 2, and they did a similar thing where they were kind of showing the director, Fuqua, of that film, who, who is an African-American, and a lot of African-Americans don't know that those films films are directed by a black dude because his name is Fuqua. And some people don't know that he's an African-American guy. So they did all these little series of commercials introducing the director, talking to Denzel Washington. So you put somebody who you don't know with somebody that you obviously do to kind of introduce them. Now, of course, for people like me who are kind of film buffs, of course, I know who Fuqua is. I know who he was married to, which was an African-American, famous African-American actress. But a lot of people I can, don't. I can, I can see that for commercials, but we're already there. Yeah, but it's still just a commercial. They show all for the, the movie I already paid a ticket for. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to buy popcorn anyway, but they, they show a popcorn commercial. I mean, I'm going to buy it anyway. I don't I don't need the popcorn commercial at a movie when I'm coming to buy popcorn. I think those should go too. 
Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's that's the whole thing. It's just a a way to add. A, a, it's an extra commercial, and it's sort of like a personalized commercial aye, as aye. opposed to. I'm not saying that I like them. I I agree with you. Actually, they can go, but I I I get what they are, and it's sort of like one of those things I just suffer through. Like, oh, okay, all right, fine. I, it's I just, get it. It's just wasted more time before we get to I the could, damn movie. I could, other than the previews, I could dispense with every single pre movie commercial that they do I for agree. for the. TV for the movie club for the popcorn for the drinks. I love the ch- I love the twenty. Show up early so you, <laughs> yeah. for the twenty. <laughs> yeah. So you watch commercials. Exactly. Get, be could, sure to get here early for the twenty. I could dispense with every single bit of that stuff, but I, I get what it is. It's like okay. And I think we could even we could reduce the previews. Quite frankly, we're no, getting no, the previews. On, on I got these. I'm, I'm not saying all of them, but I've been I've sat in theaters and we're going on twenty five minutes. of previews. I will come early for previews. I will come early for previews because it there are very few forms where I actually get to see a preview in that. I I, I like them too. I'm not yeah, saying get. I'm just saying love them. Twenty five minutes is a bit excessive. Not for me. I, then, I, I, then I want some kind of demarcation on the <laughs> listing. It's like you look. You can get here twenty minutes late. You're good because yeah, some well, movies you get there twenty five minutes late and you missed. I agree with you. That. Miss stuff and sometimes movies you get there twenty five minutes late. You still got five more minutes. I previews. agree with that. I, I wouldn't mind that, but I love the previews because yeah, I, like I love too. the movies. Uh, what are we talking about? Oh yeah, widows. So anyway, yes. I haven't even introduced the film. <laughs> this stars Viola Davis. Michelle Rodriguez, Elizabeth Debicki, Colin Farrell, Robert Duvall, and in the role of Sean Bean, Liam Neeson. So we'll start off with giving some general impressions. We'll make it relatively brief, and then we're going to jump into spoilers because this movie does have some. We got to talk about, well, I I guess. If you want to call it that. It's a fair point. We'll get into that. (laughs) But first, general reaction to the film. I can tell you my exact first thought of the film, but it would be a spoiler. <laughs> so, okay. So how do you just give me a thumbs up, thumbs down? Uh, definitely thumbs up. I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Is a heist kind of action. Yeah, I liked it for what it was. It's not really an action. There's a little yeah, bit. It's but... a little bit of action, but I, I enjoyed it for what it was. There are some some moral questions I had to it that I thought were troubling. Um, mm. But uh, I liked some of the inventive camera work and some of the ca- sure. camera decisions here I thought were really interesting. There's a scene. I don't think this is much of a spoiler. But there's a scene where Colin Farrell and his assistant. That's that's the one I'm talking about. They get into a car. I thought that car. was fabulous. Yeah, they get into a car. They leave. And then they, the camera is sitting right off of the front wheel well yeah. to one side, and we don't see in the car. But because we don't see it, we can hear let them. Me, let me set up where they started from okay, here. Okay, so they started uh, – Colin Farrell was at a basically a photo opportunity. He's running for Alderman, I think it is. And he – you know, it's in the hood. Rundown neighborhood. It's talking about, you know, building a new business and so on. He gets in his car and he and his assistant have this whole conversation. And then we get to that shot you're talking about. Mm-hmm. The camera is in, as we're seeing like one half of the, like half the shot is the car and the other half is just the neighborhood. And they turn, he, they take, make a right turn at one point and the camera shifts to the other side of the car. Yep. We never see inside, just like you said. And then we get, you know, it's like, I swear, did they go over some train tracks? Uh, if if not, the metaphor is definitely yeah, there. Exactly. <laughs> it's extremely that. Just going over the, the train tracks and now he's in, you know, a nice neighborhood. Just this it's like a four minute, three, four yeah. minute car ride to and, get and, to and his And part of the setup is is that he has a house in the district, but it is at almost the farthest, farthest edge of the district to still qualify right. to be able to run for it, which is sort of this large 
to me it looked like a plantation house at the yeah, edge sure. of of this of, Chicago. of this very economically depressed district which is clearly majority African American and majority probably people on the lower socioeconomic stra- uh, strata yeah. so it, it was a wonderful shot and like you said it takes a f- it takes a few minutes and and if there are not train tracks in here you almost just feel him as mm-hmm. he crosses the tracks over into the the nicer area. I thought it was a really interesting scene, and the dialogue in it is pretty interesting. We yeah, get there's to some see, character stuff going on there. Yeah, we get to see the relationship between him and his underling, who is almost treated like almost like a a handler who was disposable, and then we realize yeah. that there's much more going on between the two of them. I thought it was really well done. So I'll say I'll give it a, a modest thumbs up as well. I enjoyed it. I don't love it. It's every it's. Mm. Everything you expect to happen happens. Yeah, like like my first thought. Okay, so here we go. Now we're getting to spoiler talk. That's the rest of it, everybody. Warning. Here so, we go. I lived there in the beginning of this, in the beginning, it takes us into a, a really well shot, I think, heist scene where we're in the back of a truck and. That was cool because oh, we go back and forth between the camera shifts between exactly. the perspective and of. And they're establishing the characters in their regular the, life and juxtaposing uh, them against them being in the heist. One is bleeding and then we switch back and forth. It's, it's like the day before the heist we absolutely. see him juxtaposed. Yeah. Wonderfully done. So at the end of this heist, there's an explosion that Seemingly kills everybody. Literally, my first thought was... They're not dead. No, that's not what I thought. I thought that. No, I didn't. My first thought is Liam Neeson is not dead. Well, yeah, that's what. Yeah, he, he is not dead. He is alive. Yeah, he. I don't know how that's going to figure into the plot, but he is not dead. Yeah. Well, I, I wasn't <laughs> at first. My first thought was they're not dead, and as I thought about it, I'm like, well, the only other actor we know from that heist Punisher. is the guy is the Punisher, and I hate him <laughs> as a performer. I like him. I, there's something about his super signally signifier kind of bag of tricks acting that rubs me the wrong way. He definitely is a bit of a, a indicator. Yeah, business. It absolutely drives me crazy. His little bag guy. of tricks. But so maybe he's maybe, never a different character either. No, <laughs> he's always. <laughs> it was funny. It doesn't matter what he it, is. Yeah. He's he's an accountant. He's the same guy. He's like the the <laughs> the nice guy, you know, deputy in. In Walking Dead, he's the same dude. The same dude. But yeah, I, I figure. Yeah, you figure Liam's not dead. I'm like, well, that's that's an incredibly short amount of screen time just to for Liam Neeson. It, and yeah. it, if the goal is to do a Sean Bean before he was Sean Bean, it's just be like, oh, Sean Bean, oh my, he's dead. It doesn't have that effect. So you're left wondering, well, he's got to be alive. Well, and, not only that, the way they shot it, and, and sometimes just, I mean, sometimes it's almost just a technical thing. That's too short a screen time, but if you're going to kill Liam Neeson, you're not going to kill him that way. Yeah. It just, it, it just sounds like, ah. and then he kind of goes to the back of the truck, and I'm like, ah, he's not dead. He's just not dead. So yeah. when we get the twist at the end of the movie, it's not really a twist. No. Not, yeah. Yeah, we see the scene with, the the bowling alley guy and there's a mysterious figure who was there and I'm like oh well that's Liam Neeson <laughs> and then she goes to the house and the dogs sniffing around I'm like that's gonna that's gonna lead to something I bet you Liam Neeson's there yeah exactly. and then the dog starts barking like oh he's definitely there yeah, exactly and she doesn't open the door and it's nice that she doesn't open the door it's kind of like I she, thought it was a nice choice it was a nice choice I agree a stronger choice. It's it's it it but, makes it makes no dramatic sense. No, but I did think it was a nice choice. It may, narratively makes zero sense, but okay. Yeah, and 
finally his betrayal. At the, first, let me ask you a question. He I, becomes a different character. He does. I, I have a question for you. What happened with Liam Neeson's money? I I, I don't understand it. He, he had two bags of money. Mm-hmm. We see him on the boat with Colin Farrell, mm-hmm. right? And he has got a bag of money? Yes. And I, I assume that means that's for him, for, for Colin Farrell? I never understood that. Or is that Liam's boat now? I was also distressed with the the woman that he's having an affair with, right? Yeah, I guess that's his kid, right? Yeah, but who is she? She is the wife of one of the guys that right. died. Yeah, so my question is, this is one of my questions, and it may be a stupid question, and maybe one of those questions that I, I ask and you just answer really quickly, okay. and it turns out I'm just not very bright. Well, and, and that happens, and I'm 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 at peace with that. But she approaches the other women in the group and gives them the, uh, this ultimatum. I wondered why was that woman not approached? She was approached. She was. She didn't show up. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying she threatened them. Like they didn't they didn't jump in because they wanted to. Right. They jumped in. Why didn't uh, she approached them with a threat? Why didn't Viola threaten her as well? Why was she not approached in that way? Because they, they didn't want to be a part of it anyway. She threatened their lives saying, if you didn't do this, remember the, the little blonde looks up because if we don't, she's going to tell these guys about us yeah. and they're going to kill us. Why well, that was, was Rodriguez, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, you might be right. Why was she not approached in that way? That made no sense to me. I didn't have a good answer for that either. It just seemed to me like, was this after the driver was killed or before? I'm not sure. If it was after the driver was killed, maybe we can justify that. Like now it's real to her, more real than it was. But I, I, yeah. I even at the moment, I don't remember the, the chronology, but even at the moment, I was like, well, she's letting her go, I guess, maybe because she's got a, like an infant. The other, maybe. Yeah, but the other one. The other has, one has kids, I know. I, yeah, I mean, like, you're right. It doesn't, I don't they know. literally say, well, I she, don't have an answer. Yeah, when they offered it, like, we don't want to do that. Like, their first reaction was, uh, no, we're not, <laughs> we yeah. don't want to be involved in that. And her response is, well, you're going to, or they're going to hunt you down and kill you. Yeah, she doesn't say that, but that, but essentially that's Rodriguez. The, that's in, the implication. Yeah. So I just thought that was an awe. And, and, and then I figured, and then I finally figured out, I know why she didn't do that. Because she's important for the, Cause the story later. She's important for the reveal yeah. later, which is Liam Neeson being in that house. That can't play out in the same way if she's now incorporated into the robbery. So the reason that she doesn't do that is for narrative convenience. Well, here you go. Why does she show up at all? Exactly. You didn't show up before. Why are you there? That scene is there just so Liam Neeson can be revealed. Exactly. It doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Otherwise, uh, that was a small thing. But yeah, you know, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a it's a contrivance and it's a bad one. You know, uh, even though I loved her performance, the the girl who played uh, Celie in uh, Color Purple, the uh, other black girl in here. Um, oh yeah. Um, who was in Bad Times at the El Royale. Yeah, one, wonderful actor. I liked her. I thought she did a good job. But boy, she jumped on really quick. Like, there's no... Oh, yeah. There's no... And there was a weird there's a weird moment. You better watch how you talk to me. He's like, what, Whoa, where's, where's this coming from? What, yeah, what's going on? Like, you're hardcore? What, yeah, what, what's going on? We have no indication. It's nothing that explains how gangster she was out of nowhere. Yeah. And, and the glimpse that they give us of her... Nothing indicates that. No. And she comes into the movie like a third of the way in at random. 
Yeah, just randomly. Like she has no connection to anybody. Hey, you know what? I know what we'll do. Let's get the babysitter. Like that makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, she just needs money. That's, yeah. I mean, but you know, we get introduced to her before she's the babysitter. It's just like, why are we following this character, this random character out of nowhere? For and the, there's this convenient. Oh, I've seen that guy before at my salon and all this convenient stuff. Exactly. It's it. You know, um, the character I had the most problem with was the Robert Duvall character. Why? Because he's so clearly JFK's dad? (laughs) (laughs) Well, with the In Chappaquiddick? The main problem I had with it is I I felt their treatment of that character was morally reprehensible. Um, Explain. Well, they make sure that every single time that we see his character, he is an utter monster. I mean, he's just, you know, not so much that he's murdering people or anything. He's just an utter racist Yep. Evil monster. So right. in the theater that I saw, when they shot him in the face for being robbed in his own home, not doing anything they really cheers. wrong. cheers. They cheered. Interesting. And I said, you know what? They did that because the filmmaker set it up that way. So that it, it, they were almost setting it up saying, hey, huh? Huh? Now this is a guy who can get a bullet in the face. And I was like, well, no. He was the victim of a of a burglary. Yeah. And was basically killed in a felony murder situation. Yeah. And you're setting him up as live bait. Like, like it was. So we don't want to feel bad about the woman who kills him. Exactly. We don't want to think badly of her. Exactly. Like in a better film, they would have created a lot more complexity it's with much, that character. Yes. So that when he gets shot. Especially with the character that shoots him. Like if if she shoots an innocent man, exactly. Now we have to grapple with what they're really doing here. Yeah. But because he's this morally reprehensible monster with no real human edges attached to him, we're now almost given a free pass to say, "Oh, come on, girls, great, shoot the yeah. bastard again." I thought that was morally cheap and and a little reprehensible. I would have liked a more complex storyline where we really had you know like the one thing about crash and crash got a lot of <laughs> it, it got a lot of flack and I, and I get it what I did like is there were a couple there were a couple moments in there that made us really grapple with our own our own decisions and and what we do and how they may hurt, hurt people and how innocent people may get hurt and and I I wish this would have had a touch more of that kind of complexity to it touch more sure um, but you know at the end of the day this is also a kind of, it's you know, it's a it's a heist movie. Well, then you know what? If it's a heist movie, cut out the long shots rolling on the bed and cut okay. out the little character stuff that you're sticking all the way through this movie. If it's just a heist movie, then fine, make it a heist movie. But uh, it, to me, it would seem like McQueen was trying to make something a little above that. He was trying to make a heist movie that has human moments. It has the trappings of something. Yeah, I can see that. It's, it's my problem with a lot of television these days is it looks like it's so well produced that it, you can trick your brain into thinking that it's good TV, like it's quality storytelling. It just looks good. It has all the ingredients except the story and the characters. <laughs> <laughs> like, oddly enough, I thought the one character in here, and I'll be honest, and this may be a little racist. Okay. But the one character I was like, oh, here's the throwaway character. Why is she in here? I got Michelle Rodriguez. I got my Viola Davis. I'm set. I'll just ignore this blonde coat hanger that they've stuck in this movie because she's tall and blonde. But you know what? I thought she was the best thing in a movie. I, thought, I don't she, know her name. I thought she was the best thing in a movie. Yeah. I thought she gives the best performance in the movie. I yeah. love Viola Davis. 
I don't know the girls. I thought she's she was the biggest. Fu- she's a, she's the biggest arc of any uh, character by for far. Sure. Yeah. I thought she was phenomenal. I think she was one of the few characters who's actually dealing with this, dealing with sort of this devolution into this horrible life that they're kind of meeting into. I love the scene where she's basically trying to whore herself out Mm -hmm. to get plans for the heist. And then she has Vela Davis confronting her and, and, and she's like, she, she basically says, look, we're in a moral quagmire here. I don't need your judgment. Yeah. We're about to commit a murder. You know, we're about to commit robbery here. Don't, don't judge me. Yeah. I thought some of that stuff was phenomenal. I thought she did a really good job. I was a little depressed to see, uh, Lucas Haas. Yeah, I'm looking up his. I, I was reminded of that. It's like, depressed. oh, that kid, man. Uh, like, uh, like I'm Hoff like, plays. am I that damn old? I remember when he was a kid. <laughs> After, like, have yeah, I gotten I'm that a, old? I'm afraid you have. I mean, not I, me. <laughs> but the kid from, but the kid from the witness. Yeah, that's the kid from the witness. I'm like, because yeah. I was sitting there, and my wife, I'm like, where do I know that? Guy? I'm like, wait a minute. That's not the old guy right there. The old businessman is not Lucas Haas's. Yeah, he's born in uh, 76. Yeah, so that would mean that I'm old with him. <laughs> yeah. Because I remember when he was a kid. I remember too, but yeah, I came to those movies later. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I, I loved I loved her scenes with him. You know, because usually those are kind of throwaway, but I, I just thought they were nice. There, yeah, there's a touch of there's not, more than more than a touch of cliche to that relationship. True, but they're well executed. There's yeah. there's something to them. There's something to them. I, I I really liked her performance. I thought, and I didn't think of it until you said it, but it's true. She by far has the cleanest and best and biggest arc in the in the entire picture. We actually see her go through a crucible and come out on the other end. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not only that, we get to see her find she, her strength. Absolutely. Uh, was the really good, good and, job. and even the stuff with her mom, like the, that scene. That's where, a rough scene. And, and it's funny. She never says what the mom has had to do to survive, but we get all of yeah. that without them being heavy handed with it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the way she slaps her. I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. And then Viola Davis, the scene with Viola Davis yeah. is, is a, is where she t- makes a turn. Absolutely. On that, which is, yeah, it's a good scene. It takes it. I felt like the embrace was a little rushed. Like the, they go from slapping each other to the embrace relatively quickly. It's, it's like, I get it. It's, yeah, I can buy that. I get it, but it's just a little, it's like, mm. it's almost, let's embrace now. We need to get back to the heist. Yeah. <laughs> we got to move this along. I also didn't understand the villain in a way. I Which one? The one who is killed in the accident, the one who, from the, the, the guy who played from Get, get out. out. Yeah. Like, why didn't they just wait and let them do the crime and then just get paid and not risk life and limb? But I guess they agreed, I guess. Well, that guy, it seems like, yeah, agreed. But that guy seems to go off on his, uh, like he was ordered to kind of leave her alone. Yeah. And he's a bit of a wild card. Yeah. So you can see that guy yeah, kind of going rogue. Yeah. Seemed like a dumb choice. Yeah, it was an odd choice. Where when you could wait to d- you could wait, wait till they get home and yeah. then like the idea that you're going to the crime scene essentially, especially if you've been following. Yeah, or you, just, you know where they're going. You know where they're going. Why not wait till they clear or yeah, even get, go to div- to get your section of it and then take it all or something like that? It unless just, he didn't trust them to succeed, and maybe there's that. But I they don't were know. succeeding. They were they were in the van ready to yeah, go. I got gotcha. you. 
You know, they were actually ready to take off. That's what I was. I thought that's an odd choice. It almost yeah. felt like they needed it, to. And, and again, it's almost like the plot doesn't work. <laughs> it was almost like they needed to get rid of him so they could do like the real big reveal, which is the Liam Neeson reveal. Yeah, I guess they didn't want to go through the messy. Hey, let's. I really sh- wanted that scene to be something with Liam Neeson. I did too. I really, I was like, oh, okay, this is the payoff. This is what it's going to be all about. Because he he literally has yeah. no arc in the film. No. It, it, or no natural arc anyway. They make him another character in order to justify the end, which makes no sense. It's just, again, it comes back to, well, what happened to his money? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's an offhand reference to like, there's too much, there was too much uh, pyrotechnic, so he didn't get all the money he wanted, except he grabbed the bags. He's I mean, carrying them. He's got the two bags. I, I don't. Yeah, it makes there, no and, sense. And so he knew how much money he had. He knew how much money he was going to give Colin Farrell. And he still hung around. And then his new lady mentions, like, you just had to stay. Got to have more than you than and, you want, blah, and, blah, blah. And let me tell you what, what was a huge error for me is the son. Ah, and let me tell you something. It's one thing if he was dating Viola Davis. It may be one thing if he maybe impregnated her. He raised an adult son with her. Yes. And that's the woman you're going to put a bullet in her head. Boy, that's tough. Like even that's that, even Hitler. That's a t- I mean, that's tough to, yeah. to do that to the woman that you raised an adult son with. It doesn't make sense. That is tough. Like if, like if, we get no indication of his character other than what we see. Honestly, through Viola Davis's perspective, but we get no indication as an audience that there is that he is a monster. Yeah, he would have to be a monster. <laughs> like if we did a let's say we did a, a heist movie with Mussolini, mm-hmm. and at the end of it, Mussolini shot the woman that raised his adult son. I'd be like, right. wow, that Mussolini's a real monster. I mean, yeah. I know he did all that other stuff, but that's monstrous. Like, like that makes no sense that. That you're that close to a woman, raise a child with that woman, build a life. And he was an adult, like he was in his 20s or something, right? Uh, I, Maybe I met, young, you know, 17, 18. Given Hollywood casting, it's it's hard to know. I, I'm well, guessing, I'll put it this way. He was driving a car. He was driving a car. <laughs> so and, he's he's like at least 16 or And he had to go home. Yeah, yeah. So, so to give to put the thing, that's, so it's his dad's car. His dad's it's left car. in the thing, and he's borrowing it, and he tells him to come back home. So he's living at home still. So I'm guessing they hired a 25-year-old actor to play like a 17-year-old kid. So let's be generous. So at least stay together for 20 years, raising a kid. And you're telling me that he's going to just leave her high and dry and put a bullet in her? Well, he's got a new white baby. I, that I, I'm cool with that. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm fine with the white baby. <laughs> yeah, but what kind of monster? Yeah, it is going It's going to put a bullet in her. Yeah, and it, then take the. I was like, man, that's a real monster. I, I think there are dictators. I mean, I think it's that there, are not that big a monster. It's there to be shocking, and it is, I guess. But it's it's not not in a way where it's it's shocking in the way like when a in a horror movie. There's that there's that anticipation for something to happen, and then a cat jumps out, and you get that surprise. Yeah, and it is a surprise, and it's a cheap gag, but it is not real suspense. It's not real horror. It's not real anything. It's just like here, this is going to be shocking, and it is, but it's not. Meaningful. I would have rather have had Viola shoot him. Well, out of a ray in a rage of some sort. She kind of did. 
No, she almost shoots him in self-defense because he goes to the car to get the money. Then he, he and then he remembers. He's like, "Oh, damn! I got to shoot Viola Davis." And then he goes back to shoot her, and then she pulls the gun up first. So it's almost self-defense that she kills him because he's about to kill her. He's about to put a bullet in her. Yeah, and I'm like, and it, and and, it, and it's not in a rage or anything. It's almost like, oh. I know what I forgot. I forgot to shoot her so I can steal her money. I wanted it to be more of a, if there's a shooting that comes out of a rage of some sort, almost an uncontrollable, you know, you're almost sorry as soon as you fired a gun kind of shooting that yeah. maybe that might come from a Viola Davis. You know, I, and I did think this is, this is odd. <laughs> you mentioned that point when she goes, she kills him. He's lying there. And she goes to grab his hand. Yeah. I thought that was the moment. <laughs> no, she was fr- <laughs> She's just putting, right. yeah, she's just framing him. She I puts actually the gun- liked that. I was like, okay, okay, there's some, no, she's framing him. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's cold. <laughs> I mean, they're both cold as ice. Yeah, that's cold. I mean, even though he just tried to kill her, she had this dude's child. They, like, they've been together they cl- for clear- 25 years. She's or clearly so. in love with him. Yeah, right. Clearly. And, and, yeah, she she just there's no regret, there's no like remorse, there's no nope. sadness. It's just that's what I thought that was. She grabs his hand and is like That's what I thought it was going to be too. They're going to she's going to have that moment where she, you know, feels it, let's go and or whatever. Nope. But no, nope, just nope. put the the gun. <laughs> so and by the way, there is no way that what's her name who got shot is going to be is going to get off scot free because they just gave a fake name. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Gunshots I mean, are they, not treated. That they're, way. they're both dressed like criminals. <laughs> they're, dre- they're dressed in ninja outfits. They're both dressed like criminals, <laughs> and and it just so happens to happen down the street from a, 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 ro- a robbery <laughs> where, where a gun shooting just a shooting just occurred. There are literally sirens in range of the hospital going off. Right? Um, like, uh, yeah, come on. Are stop. you kidding me? Stop it! Stop it! Anyway, uh, you know what? We're griping about this movie, but we both gave it thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, for what it for what it was, I thought it was enjoyable. It was well executed. It wasn't boring. It was a good heist film. I just think it's one of those things, and this is unfair, probably. I just think it could have been more. Like it could have yeah. been like I think the name of it was the one with Robert De Niro called Talking about Heat. No, no, oh, the heist. Yeah, the heist, which I think is a better film. Heat, I think, is a better film than this. Well, I yeah, think, but that's I, Heat. True. That, that's, yeah, that's like saying, <laughs> you know, fair. I, I, if you want to go with Heist, I, Heist I don't care for. I think Heist was a better film than this. Maybe. Because at least Heist owned its pretentiousness. It was like, I'm well, a, it's Mammoth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a pretentious Heist film. That's how this is going to roll, and it owned that. This one, I think, tried to straddle the fence a little bit mm-hmm. uh, with the luxurious shots. Trying to be heist, but also be lethal weapon. Yeah, exactly. It tried to own both sides of it, and I don't think it successfully does either one super well, but I think it's a good film. It's a good film. It's enjoyable. It's a good Saturday night. I just don't think that it kind of, and you're right, comparing it to Heat is probably ridiculous in and of itself, but it never goes near those kind of heights where you have these... um but you're right. There are a few moments where it seems like it's trying to. Yeah, we're trying to go that direction. It just doesn't get there. But it, it, it's solid. Uh, yeah, it's fine. And and I will say this. You told me, like, before I even saw it, you're like, oh, you're going to love it. I was like, why? Guess who did the score? <laughs> I, was like, I don't know. Who you got? Hans Zimmer. <laughs> and I'll tell you this. Of the Hans Zimmer scores I have heard, this is one. Okay. 
it's not good. It's it's well, I'll tell you what. It's, it's, as Hans Zimmer goes, like this it's was not intrusive. Sure, but it it's as bland a Hans Zimmer score as I've heard in a long time. It's like you know, I I think he does a lot of his work on a on an iMac anyway, and. Um, <laughs> And it feels like he gave this one a week, a good weekend. You have you have a Hans Zimmer brunch. <laughs> he really did. It's just it's just re- you know, in the scenes where there's any music, it's just relentless percussion. I thought it was repetitious. Yeah, it's, know, not, I, it's just there. I thought it was fine. It didn't. It it's didn't, TV music. It didn't disturb me. Like I've seen some. No, you're I've, right. I've heard some where it's just intruding. I'm like, okay, enough already. No, it's inoffensive. Yeah, it's inoffensive. Yeah, it's, but it's why fine. Why would you get Hans Zimmer for that? If you're not going to be offensive, that's <laughs> what he does. So this is like a waste of his talents. <laughs> <laughs> and in local news today, composer Hans Zimmer was found beaten on the streets. No, no, no. This is how the news goes. In local news today, Hans Zimmer picks up his phone and dials in his performance. That's what this was. This was, this was so phoned in, and it's fine. You know, whatever. It's not. A, I don't care. Really, it's fine. It's it's as Hans Zimmery generic as Hans Zimmer can get. But it's uh, yeah, it's it's not a big deal. You yeah. don't need them. All right, and with that, please check us out on DisagreePodcast.com. We are on the Apple Podcast app, and we are on the Google Play Music Store. And please drop us a review and let a friend know, friend, loved one, or enemy, let them know about the show. That's the only way we'll we'll get this thing even bigger. And with that, we will talk at you next week. Bye. Peace and chicken grease. Yeah, and the guy from uh, from Get Out, Daniel, I think is his first Kalua name. Kalua, like Kalua, yeah, yeah, something like that. I'm bad at pronouncing names. He may be crazy, but surely he understands a seatbelt will save your life. <laughs> it's the first thing you do. I mean, I don't think he got the memo. Okay, I mean the the alarm would be going off like crazy in his car. Like you can't just ignore that. It's a pain in the ass. It's just constantly just like ding, ding, ding. No, put on your seat seatbelt. Didn't, didn't didn't reach him. <sighs> okay.